Welcome to Liberty in America, Past, Present, and Future with Dr. Bill Joby. Doc is a historian and a reenactor. On this show, you'll hear his thoughts about our personal liberties from their earliest recorded beginnings. You'll also be transported back to the 1750s to relive the life of Colonel George Washington and his adventures during the French and Indian War. Let's get started. Here's Dr. Bill Choby. Okay, hello again, Dr. Bill Choby. We're talking about liberty in America, past, present, and future. Uh, today we're going to talk about impeachable offenses. Uh, it's currently it's a an issue that's going on in Washington D.C. As you see, the Republican House of Representatives is moving towards collecting uh, evidence uh, to make a decision about whether or not to impeach uh, President Joe Biden. Uh, the background to all of which I have been given on these uh, pro- podcasts is based upon a book, uh, Liberty in America: Past, Present, Future. Available at my website at drbillchobybooks.com. It's also available at ewingpublishing.com, E-W-I-N-G-S, publishing.com. And it's available in hardback, softback, as well as the uh, audio versions. The uh, discussion today uh, is uh, needs to first um, identify what it is, what we mean by an impeachable offense, and uh, let me um, let me do a little bit of uh, uh, creating a little history here for you. So this goes back to the Constitution and uh, why um, we have the, the power of uh, impeachment and how the transfer power goes from one administration to another. Now, the Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution states that uh, section four, the president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, because we're you know, we're looking at uh, this in two ways, uh, there are, this was one thing to say that there had to be a crime of uh, treason or bribery, but other high crimes and misdemeanors are sort of left to ambiguous uh, interpretation. But let me just say this. Before uh, a president takes power, he has to take an oath. And that oath is written in the Constitution. It's required of every president from the get-go, from George Washington, who who added, uh, so help me God. But I want to read that to you. This is Article 2, Section 1, Clause 8. And it is, quote, Before he enter on the execution of his office, he shall take the following oath or affirmation. Quote again, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. Uh, Incidentally, this uh, this little sidebar, it says he, not she, she. So, according to this, to take an oath of office, I guess a she wouldn't have to do it, but a he does. So, it could also be said that this way a woman can never be president. But let's put all that aside. So, to willingly violate that oath of office, that he will faithfully execute the office of the president, and to the best of the ability to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, then that um, willing violation 
of that oath is a threat to all the governing laws of our republic. And it is such a serious matter that it's considered to be, um, even though it may be non-criminal, it is considered to be worthy of impeachment. Think about this. You know, we have an oath of office here. Um, whenever we give testimony in a trial, there's uh, <clears throat> you have to take an oath that you're going to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. The idea of an oath was to uh, for somebody to commit by affirmation uh, that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And this is as old as Western civilization is uh, the first uh, real memorable one of uh, in the Judeo-Christian tradition, which was the foundation of Western society, was that when people made an oath, a blood oath, actually, or blood covenant with, uh, uh, with the Lord uh, at the Ten Commandments, uh, that if they violated those uh, that covenant, that it had to be a blood sacrifice to atone for that violation of that covenant. Um, and this was the basis of why the early Hebrews um, and then later the Jewish people uh, used blood sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, things like that. But the ultimate um, uh, settlement of that breach of that original oath or covenant that the Hebrews had with God was that it required the sacrifice of a, of a perfectly innocent uh, person, and that was uh, Jesus Christ. That's how serious we must take someone's word when they swear that they're going to do something. It is imperative for the transfer of power from one administration to the next that that person that puts his hand on the Bible and says that he's going to do these things that he actually does or she does. Um, that's how important the oath of office is. So for somebody to willfully violate that oath by not doing to their best ability to defend and protect the Constitution, in other words, all the laws of the United States, and because the, the office of the presidency, the executive office, its, its primary purpose is to make sure that the laws are enforced. And this is why the Department of Justice is, is uh, an attorney general is under the executive branch. If you don't have um, somebody enforcing the existing laws, laws that were passed by previous administrations and signed by previous presidents, then you're not following the, the faithful execution of your that oath of office. So where does that bring us today? Uh, I found a uh, an article on uh, the internet that's from the Department of Justice, and it's uh, sort of a curious thing because it was written in 1974 when there was discussions about the impeachment of Richard Nixon, who was uh, supposedly involved with a, a criminal break-in at the Watergate Hotel in order to spy on the Democrat uh, candidates who was running against him. And eventually it led him to resign from office. Uh, just the, the allegations that really proved that he was in it, but he saw the, that uh, you know, everything was coming down on him, so he, uh, he left the office. This, uh, this article was found online, uh, if you look at the legal aspects of impeachment, an overview, by the Office of Legal Counsel, Department of Justice, February 1974. Now, it's rather uh, long, at 278 pages. It's a PDF file, but uh, 
I want to get down through some of these things because it's critical for us to understand today that when we talk about impeachment, you know, we've when we had the impeachment of of uh, uh, Donald Trump, it was not really based upon any solid factual violations of law or that there was anything other than you know the misdemeanors. And again, being how do you interpret that sort of thing? Uh, it never really happened. He was never found to be. Uh, guilty of anything. So when we hear discussions today, I would expect that given the political nature of impeachment and the fact that uh, now it's become more of a, uh, unfortunately, a, a, a weapon by one side to try to take down the other and, and uh, circumvent the elections. But it's important for us to understand what it all means. And um, this uh paper that was prepared that I mentioned to you, it was written by Robert G. Dixon Jr., who was the Assistant Attorney General at the Office of Legal Counsel back in 1974. Now, uh, with impeachment, uh, there's a couple of provisions in the Constitution that I would like to refer to, and most of this is I'm reading it, so it's going to be my quote. If I don't say specifically, if you sound like I'm reading it, I'm reading it. <laughs> so, okay. The uh, impeachment of... Uh, it, power is lies solely in the hands of the House of the Representatives. It's, uh, but the, the power to try the, the impeachment charges is solely within the Senate. And uh, when the president is tried uh, uh, over impeachment, like it was with uh, Donald Trump, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court would preside. And But uh, they, it requires to remove somebody, from, uh, the president, from office by impeachment. There must be two-thirds of the members present uh, in order to do that. That's an important thing, two-thirds of members present. There could be people not necessarily there. It doesn't have to be 66, oh, the full Senate. Whoever's there the day that they take a vote, two-thirds of that. Now, the um, another uh, thing about the sanctions that are related to impeachment, that the um, the idea here is to uh, protect the public from misuse of power. It doesn't necessarily say this has to be a criminal conviction. Uh, it doesn't. It, it's uh, limited to uh, removing that person from office and disqualifying them from holding or enjoying the office again. But the party uh, convicted, uh, but they may be held liable and subject to other things in other courts, but as far as the impeachment goes, it has strictly to do with removing the person from office. Now, the um, it goes on to say about the uh, inapplicability of power, pardon power, that the president shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in the cases of impeachment. So, if he has another officer, let's say if they went and wanted the removal of a sitting secretary of uh, department. Uh, that person uh, cannot be pardoned uh, if it had been impeached. Now, the uh, the grounds for impeachment, and re read this earlier, but I want to repeat this now. The president, the vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treasury, treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Treason, bribery, or criminal offense. Uh, other high crimes, well, that's a criminal thing, but misdemeanors is not necessarily a high crime, not necessarily a crime. And um, 
Furthermore, it goes on to talk about how the Constitution uh, does not guarantee a, a um, try by jury for uh, uh, any allegations. It's, it's strictly by the House and the Senate. So it says in Article 3, Section 2, that the trial of all crimes, in, in, except in cases of impeachment, shall be by jury. So that doesn't require that there's has to be a jury trial for the um, impeachment removal process. So here we are with this, uh, since with this, the current situation with Joe Biden, um, treason and bribery are something that's been floated, but without, I think, the sufficient uh, uh, evidence at this time that uh, this is something that the House would pursue. But on the other hand, the meaning of high crimes and misdemeanor, this this is something that's, that's much different. And as I mentioned before, it doesn't have to be um, a criminal event for some of these sorts of things. So what, what other kinds of things can there be that would be grounds for impeachment uh, under the high crimes and misdemeanors? Well, remember we said earlier on that the... Uh, the oath of office says that someone would, somebody would faithfully, to the best of their ability, execute the uh, to defend the Constitution. And if one were to violate that oath, that certainly would be significantly important enough that one should be removed from office. What do you want to call it? Malpractice, maladministration. Um, or just gross negligence. These are these are things uh, dereliction of duty. These are things that are have a profound effect on the American public. And if the public trust has been violated to a point to where there's harm to the public, the public's interest, then even though it may not be uh, treason or bribery, it's something that we have to give certainly a lot of attention to. Uh, because if you have a president that just refuses to do something that's you know, really critical to the safety of all of us, uh, then you can't just call it politics anymore. This is a very serious matter, particularly if it has to do with uh, not enforcing the uh, laws, say, for example, of uh, immigration. Uh, you hear a lot of discussion back and forth about how the immigrants uh, are... Uh, you know, we should open up our doors to everybody because that's the way this country is made, the melting pot and all that sort of stuff. But we have existing laws on the books uh, that are just not being enforced. And as a result of that, we have uh, we are basically swamped with millions of people that are uh, illegal coming across our borders. And that's even though there's discussions about uh, border policy as being uh, never really solved. There are laws that are in effect now that should be, at a very minimum, applied by the executive branch. And they're not. And this is why we have all these people coming here. In fact, they, uh, many of them have been interviewed saying that uh, Joe Biden said they could come up here and get jobs and money and everything else from us, basically at the, the taxpayer's expense. So that that uh, is would be clearly a reason to uh, say that, that our president has not been faithfully executing his oath, as he said he would. And that there should be a remedy for not failing to do his job. 
because the public interest and the public trust has been violated. These are the terms, these are the, the arguments that are going to be made in the upcoming days about impeachment. Uh, there may be reason to, to allege bribery or treason, uh, and, and I'm sure that with all the money that was received through Mr. Biden by from our foreign adversaries that have allowed things to run amok, such as that spy balloon that went across the country that he refused to shoot down. In fact, now we're seeing that their intention was to keep that as quiet as possible. But that's that's a threat to our, our national security. That's a threat to all Americans. And that's by gross negligence. This is not politics anymore. This is a refusal to uh, uh, faithfully execute the laws of the United States. And these are impeachable offenses. So if we get down through uh, some of the original discussions about this sort of thing, uh, here's here's something that uh, Alexander Hamilton wrote. Because remember, this was through Federalist number 65. Uh, the Federalist uh, papers were like letters to the editors that went through, the, I believe, the New York Times or, or New York Post, I would think, because Hamilton was a start of that back then. Uh, where there was uh, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, and uh, oh, I can't think of a third guy. But they put out all these arguments for why the Constitution should be um, ratified. And here, Federalist number 65, Alexander Hamilton wrote um, this, and let me quote this. The subjects of its jurisdiction are those offenses which proceed from the misconduct of public men, or in other words, from the abuse or violation of some public trust. They are of a nature which may have peculiar propriety to be denominated political, as they relate chiefly to injuries done immediately to society itself. Federalist 65, Alexander Hamilton. And so he claimed that it can never be tied down uh, Further, that the impeachment would be tied down by specific rules, uh, but in, in a common case, sense it is to limit the discretions in favor of, uh, of personal security for the presidency. But he said at the same time, there must be a reason for uh, giving the power or trying the, the impeachments uh, that is clear so that those allegations, when they do come before, the uh, the Senate that, um, that they're not taken as as uh, lightly. It's a serious matter. The the, the, the presidency is one third of our uh, constitutional powers. One third of the branch of constitutional powers. When the Constitution went to ratification, there were further discussions about this through historical records, and some of the um, discussions there that were said say. Uh, from Massachusetts, who called it an impeachable uh, offense, being an abuse of trust, and uh, North Carolina says from some corp some corrupt motive, uh, commission of a high crime, punishable under common law. Common law meaning it wasn't; it's not something that was codified as American law, just common sense kind of thing, or that the president connected with people in a suspicious manner or sheltering a person. Uh, or, or um, summonsing only a few states that consider a treaty. These are the kinds of discussions that they had about it. But really what it boils down to is an abuse of, of the oath of office. The abuse of the oath of office. Has that been happening today? I think it has. 
And I think it's well known across the country as these millions of illegals pour into our country, coming in here, expecting to have money handed to them, expecting or having their health care problems uh, solved. Uh, this, this is not um, what, what one would consider to be in the public interest and the public trust. And as, as you see these things unfold in the upcoming days in the House of Representatives, I just bear in mind that first and foremost of all the things about impeachment, it has to be, has the public been harmed due to the negligence or inactivity of the presidency? Well, I hope this hasn't been enlightening to you because a lot of this stuff is very confusing, you know, the legal terms and things like that. I try to simplify it so that it's uh, it's something that the public person can understand without having a whole lot of background in government because this is going to come down to being the uh, the, the chief or the, or the most important uh, decision in the 2024 where our next executive is going to be uh, our next president's going to be elected, and um, you know, let's let's hope that the Constitution can be protected by the voters as well as uh, people whom with we entrusted our, the power of our government to. Again, Dr. Bill Chobie, uh, we're starting this discussion today on or we had this discussion today on impeachment proceedings impeachable offenses and uh, the foundation for this comes from my book Dr. Bill Chobie's uh, books.com where liberty in America past present and future uh, can be uh, read uh, the, the contents or the basis of my comments are founded in that document and I would hope that you pick one up pick a copy up at, uh, uh, online with Amazon or I believe it's at Barnes and Noble so you can get it at drgilchobybooks.com uh, or through Ewing Publishing, E-W-I-N-G-S Publishing.com. And uh, we hope this has been helpful to you to understand the issues of freedom today and how the impeachment process is designed to protect those freedoms. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope it's been helpful. Mm-hmm.